0: Mobility is not just about being able to move from point A to point B. It is a way to help you ascertain your identity, right? Because when you can move from point A to point B, you also gain the confidence to say that, okay, not only am I going from year to year, but I'm also going to handle whatever situations come in between. And uh, that gives you a confidence that I don't think anything else can. And therefore, I always say that mobility is not a form of empowerment. It is the foundation of empowerment.
1: Welcome to the season six of Outliers. I'm your host, Pankaj Mishra, and I'm really thrilled to be bringing this edition of Outliers in collaboration with The Times of India. Outliers is a series of free-wheeling conversations with the ones who choose to take the road not taken often. It's about the crazy and the curious. Those who dare to stand out and stand alone. Keep listening. I'm really thrilled to be joined today by Pavni Khandelwal. I'm not sure how many of you have heard of her, but the first time I heard her story, uh, the Atmanirbhar story, It was really poignant, and and it was also very powerful. How often do we think of mobility as a kind of an important catalyst to bringing social changes? How often we relate mobility, just our ability to move across from one point to another uh, through the lens uh, of some of the baggages that we are carrying in our society. Now, uh, Pavni started Aatmeerbar a few years ago with a very simple idea, and I let her talk about it, but uh, I'm I'm really thrilled to have her on this conversation because it's not just the idea, but what it does in highlighting something which is often ignored. Uh, We'll talk more about that, but first of all, uh, Pavni, welcome to this conversation
0: thank you so much pankaj this is my pleasure to be here on this podcast and i'm really looking forward to how this conversation about mobility and women empowerment shapes up today
1: awesome babni so let us start from the start uh, babni can you talk a little bit about where you come from uh, the social context and uh, give us a sense of all of that before we jump into the idea
0: so uh, i come from a small city uh, called mathra Uh, It is the birthplace of Lord Krishna. I think a lot of people might have heard about it. Um, It is in Western Uttar Pradesh. And uh, I've been born and brought up in typical uh, narrow streets going up and down the city of Mathura. And uh, most of my childhood looked like me bicycling all around Mathura. Um, The first time I think uh, my journey towards Atmanirbhar ever shaped up when I look back is probably in my early teens, when um, I first learned the word purpose, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. this is probably when I was 13 years old. And um, I realized that there is a lot more to life than just just more than what do you want to grow up and become right so when you're 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 in your early teens when you're in sixth seventh class i think every kid gets asked this what do you want to grow up and what do you want to become do you want to become an engineer do you want to become a scientist air, air uh, astronaut pilot so on and so forth right um so around this time when i was trying to figure out okay what is it that i want to grow up and become this is it's, it was the same time when i also heard the word uh purpose and mm-hmm. um, it it kind of clicked me that it is not just about what I want to grow up and become, what I want to get from the world, but it is also maybe alongside. I should also think what I want to give, right? What is my purpose? What do I want to contribute to the world around me? And, um, this led to the start of something very interesting. So I was 13 years old. Uh, we had our summer vacations at school okay. and, um, during the summer vacations, um, I I used to go bicycling every day early in the morning and um, one day when I was cycling, I saw a couple of kids uh, around um, my farmhouse and uh, that is where it clicked me. You know that, okay, I have my summer vacations going on right now and I have time. And these are kids who've never seen school, who might never see school again. How about I utilize this time to teach these kids? And thankfully, I was academically bright. So if I told somebody I want to teach them, they would not have really questioned my own competency at it. And these were really small kids, right? Like seven, eight-year-old kids. Um, so for the next two months, I spent my entire summer vacation collecting all of these kids around from all the slum areas uh, around my farmhouse. And these were around 50 kids who we continued teaching for the next four years. Um, so this is the first time when you know, I actually witnessed the joy of contributing to the world around me and, uh, realized that this is something that I want to do throughout my life. Mm. Um, and, uh, whenever I think of what I want to grow up and become or who I want to be or where do I see myself? Um, I want to look at it from the perspective of not just what I want, but what I can give. Um, and I'm glad that this journey, uh uh started very early on in my life at the age of just 13 um and because of which i could start at nirbhar also at a very early stage in my life so i'm very grateful for that um Mm. so after finishing my schooling i realized that um so my entire family has a business background right so um That is when I realized, okay, that I have certain business uh, woman genes in me, business person (laughs) genes in me, and I want to pursue that. Uh, I want to be an entrepreneur. Now I don't know if I want to come back, join my family business. I want to do a startup. I don't know all of that. I'll figure it out, but I know that this this is something that excites me. Business is something that excites me. Building things excites me. And therefore, I decided to pursue BBA, and that is when I did my first startup, which was in Pune while I was in college, uh, in my first year. And that is when I realized that entrepreneurship was my passion. So I'd already realized what my purpose was to an extent. And then when entrepreneurship happened to me, doing my first startup actually made me realize where my passion was. So when the opportunity for Atmanirbhar really came in, it was the perfect intersection of purpose and passion. Um, over the years, what had also happened is Growing up in Mathura, which is quite a conservative society, right? Especially mm-hmm. for women, um, I had always. Th- th- outlier is the perfect word i think that you could call me from <laughs> others perspective right so i was the outlier of the entire mohalla entire share. i was the outlier that this is a girl who doesn't really fit in any box I'm, i was i always used to be roaming around on my scooty on my bike um, i used to be in all sports all activities so you name it and i would be there right and it it was not a box that anybody could fit me in and as a result of that, uh, I would often question what is it that I'm doing so differently that my life is so different than the rest of the other girls, right? So the other girls living in my streets, why do they not even step out? Why Why is it that if I have to go for a basketball match, I'm the only girl there and they're all, they're all boys and there's no other girl there on the basketball field, uh, basketball court. So uh, this realization, right, or the awareness that there was something different Um, in the way that I was being uh, born and brought up by my family Hmm. from how all the other girls around me were being born and brought up and how that was making a lot of difference in how our lives were shaping up in terms of what we wanted to achieve, what our goals were, what kind of impact we could create. It was extremely, extremely visible. Um, So that was exactly, uh, you know, when... Um, The idea of Atnirbar came in all of these little, little things that had happened throughout my life, uh, wherein I had been an outlier in terms of uh, how the society looks up uh, for for an ideal girl to be, uh, to behave. Um, And I realized that Aatnirbhar is what I'm supposed to do. Um, So, yeah, that is, I think, pretty much about how the early years uh, of my life shaped up. Uh, to the moment where Athneerbh started.
1: Nice. This is this this is a great context. Uh, now I think it's a good time to look at the events that kind of led to you uh, building Athneerbh. How did it start and why?
0: So um, I'll tell you quite honestly. Uh, I have been riding a bicycle for up since a very young age. Like I said. Um, uh, thankfully, I was good with academics and sports and extracurriculars. So I also got a scooter, Scooty, Honda Activa very early on in my life. Um, I also used to ride a lot of motorbike. Um, so every time, I, whenever I used to go out with my friends, if they had a bike, I would tell them, I'll do your homework, you let me ride a bike. So it is something that always intrigued me, right? Mm-hmm. Being behind uh, a steering wheel or um, being on a bike, It is something that really filled me with a lot of independence and freedom. And I enjoyed that feeling a lot. However, it really never clicked me that how exclusive this feeling was to me. Uh, And if this feeling, uh, I mean, how exclusive this feeling was for most women, right? This is not something, I, I think I took this feeling for very granted i never thought that it could have a very significant impact on the rest on the lives of the rest of the women also around me if they only got to witness this feeling um and the first time i had that realization was when my mom kept saying that she wanted to learn how to ride a scooty right so my mom said that she would see other women and um, she would see them riding a scooty and every time she saw somebody riding a scooty she would feel like wow they're so free And why am I so dependent? Why can I not be as free as these uh, other women riding a scooty or a bike are? Um, And she did not know how to ride a bicycle. She did not know how to balance. So Mm -hmm. it took us a lot of years to find her a female trainer uh, who could actually train her properly uh, because she was in her 40s. She'd never rode a bicycle. So it was quite a complicated, difficult process for her. And everybody in our family had already tried and given up. so when she finally learned how to ride a scooty, and uh, I met her, um, the first line she said was that, like every time I ride a scooty, I feel like I've gotten wings. Wow! And in that moment, it clicked me how uh, how candidly I had taken this feeling all throughout these years, right? This is such a powerful feeling that I'd been feeling all these years. And it never clicked me how strongly, how, how strong it is or how empowering it can be for women. Um, so I decided to do a little more digging, uh, spoke to other women um, to figure out how important it was for other women or how how pressing of a need it was for other women to learn how to ride a scooty and see if it could actually be shaped up as a proper venture, right? Um, and then all the women that I spoke to around me had a very, very similar uh, expression on their face when they narrated their stories to me, just like my mother. Uh, and that is when I realized, okay, I want to run a driving school that is for women, by women, and only trains two-wheelers. Um, and thus started the Bhar journey.
1: <laughs> very, very, very exciting, me This is... Uh, now, let's talk about building uh, Aatnirbhar. See, it, it is one thing to had this a spark of an idea, uh, and, and you were really touched deeply by this problem that you see around, you saw around you. How did you go about building ArtNirbar? How did you make it something that could be used by more people? Uh, can you take me through those, you know, brick by brick? What did it take to create an organization? What did it take to scale?
0: So ArtNirbar started almost four years ago from today, uh, around the same time, um, And uh, I was in Pune. I had just completed my graduation uh, and um, I was also preparing for GMAT. So I was uh, applying for uh, ISB and uh, I was already Mm -hmm. running a startup, right, um, where I was a co-founder and the previous startup that I was in was into a, was a fitness startup and I really loved what we were doing there. Um, the startup was doing great. But I think a lot of days I would come back and uh, ask myself, you know, Pavni if somebody tells you uh, because of you or because of your startup, I'm now fitter. How does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. And it really did not make me feel anything, right? So except for the fact that I really loved uh, working uh, and building a company, uh, the fitness part of it is not something that ever really uh gave me a kick or you know woke me up in the middle of the night um, and so when the idea of At came in and I thought, you know, if somebody tells me today that uh, because of you, we are independent, we can ride a scooty, we can go for a job, we can pick up our kids, we can, um, we can take our husband for a ride or um, uh, so on and so forth. It's an endless list. It makes me happy. It gives me so much joy. And I feel like I'm on the ra- right track. Um, so I, I, I thought about this that time and somehow managed to right from Pune, uh, having this feeling, you know, that, th- okay, this is somewhere where my Purpose Alliance um, decided to start Atnirbhar from Pune itself. Um, in fact, for the first month when we were running Atnirbhar in Mathura, I was still in Pune um, and did everything remotely out of there. Okay. Um, the first few steps that were very critical for me in building Atnirbhar were obviously creating a brand, um, which is, in fact, the word Aatnirbhar, uh, the entire logo, website, the look and feel, ev- all of that uh, so that we could co- we could communicate it to women in such a way that they would actually understand the importance of mobility, how it can transform their lives and be willing to uh, learn scooties, right? And the second most important step was to find women who could be trainers with us. And this was the most uh, challenging part of the job. Uh, find mm-hmm. girls or to find women in different cities who would be willing um, to become trainers uh, in fact even till date we do struggle with this challenge but thankfully at that point of time we were able to very early very easily and very quickly uh, make a good team to get started with and um, within no time um, while i was still in pune and uh, at already kicked off really great uh, i had tried um, putting up processes in a way that I could remotely manage them from um, uh, Pune and uh, while the operations were running in Mathura, which is my hometown. Um, And within a month, we got a fantastic response and we started getting inquiries from all over India. In fact, we started getting some inquiries from countries other than India and South Asia. So uh, that Mm -hmm. is when I decided, okay, now it's time to pack my bags and go back to Mathura. So I went back to Mathura. I took a very small hundred square feet office set up everything there um started running operations from there um i was very proud because my mother also uh, joined in as a co-founder and both of us started the operations together um till date she handles all the operations from Mathura. um and after we set up in Mathura. um I always had a a knack for processes and operations, right? And uh, trying to uh, automate as many processes as possible. So that came in really handy. And because of that, we were able to expand to other cities uh, very quickly. Um, Had it not been for COVID, I think we would have been able to expand in a lot more cities last year. Um, But yes, I mean, the last one or two years have been uh, comparatively slow because of... um, Lockdown's happening uh, unpredictably anytime, uh, But this has also uh, taught us a lot of resilience uh, and uh, helped us optimize um, uh, our services on operations even more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is pretty much about how we um, set up. The initial first couple of months are always uh, uh, very... Um, it's like an unch- uncharted territory, right? You have you've, you've no idea what yes. you're doing. Um, and um, there are, even though I had a lot of people who always had my back, there were all some people who would be like, okay, so you've, you've been selected in the, in the Indian School of Business. You've studied year and year and you've already run a startup, which was funded uh, at an ideation stage. And now you want to come back to Mathura and run a driving school. Matlab, and, and you know the the, the uh, kind of environment and the people around me were, right. they were like, OK, we always said that go, don't go, don't send her to Pune for a BBA. She could have always done a BBA from Matra if she always had to come back to Matra and run a driving school. So there were always comments like that. Uh, uh, but thankfully, um, uh, the support of my family never really made me question uh, what uh, my intentions were or what my purpose were uh, was. And I could always somehow see the bigger picture and uh, kept working towards that, uh, irrespective of uh, uh, whatever was being thrown around. Um, and um, I think we've come a really long way from there, having trained more than 10,000 women now and um, generated employment for almost, 200 women who are now working with us uh, um, uh, almost full-time uh, most of these girls earn up to 1.5 times their family incomes combined a lot of them when they joined us um, they were really struggling to put meals on the table um, now when you see them it is not just the fact that they have uh, earned financial independence for themselves or that they're making money what is more important for us is that they've gained agency Um, they are able to advocate for uh, what they believe in not in just their families but also in their communities they are able to advocate for the other girls in their communities Uh, and that is i think the biggest impact that we've created i always say that mobility is not just about being able to move from point a to point b it is a way to help you ascertain your identity, right? Because when you can move from point A to point B, um, you also gain the confidence to say that, okay, not only am I going from year to year, but I'm also going to handle whatever situations come in between. Yes. Right? And uh, that gives you a confidence that I don't think anything else can. And therefore, I always say that mobility is not... Uh, a form of empowerment it is the foundation of empowerment how do you empower somebody if you can't make them move
1: out this, this is this is so wonderful to hear padni because you, you're so right uh, a lot of time we look at mobility as this movement between point a to b also for, for people like us uh, not just because i'm i'm a male member in the society but it, it is it is highly uh, underrated and, and taken for granted but the context that you are talking about and the way you're describing it is fascinating. In fact, I was looking up uh, on your website, you know, and, and this McKinsey uh, Global Institute uh, report, which talks about how the country could add up to $770 billion uh, to its GDP by 25 just by giving equal opportunities to women. And and, and this participation uh, is, is such an important thing through... Uh, you know, doing it the way you are describing it. Uh, probably, uh, the other thing I wanted to learn from you is in your journey so far, what are some of the most, you know, moving stories of impact that you have come across? You know, those moments when you told yourself, I want to do this more, uh, what, what if you were to go back in, in your journey and handpick one or two such impacts, you know, that you came across, what would some of them be?
0: You know, there are a lot of stories, but there's one story that I always like to tell. And um, that is Sushila. She's uh, this one story that is closest to my heart. Uh, because immediately when I shifted back from Pune, this was a young girl uh, who had just turned 18, who was working with us um, as the domestic help sorry who was the daughter of our domestic help right so she would all often tag along with her mother and just come and sit at her house and um, um, she she didn't really make any money she would help her mother do the domestic chores uh, in the house and um, one day I was discussing with my mother uh, about starting Nirbar and how we're supposed to do things and uh, what all we can do. Uh, and she was overhearing and she said, uh, Didi, I don't want to play scooty. Okay. You can make And uh, I honestly laughed it off. Uh, because uh, you ask her, what is your name? And she would be like, and blush. She wouldn't even, she did not even have the confidence to say her name, tell her name to anybody, right? That is how timid and shy she was. Um, But then she was very persistent about this one thing, that I know how to ride a scooty and uh, I'm going to take you for a ride. And that is when you'll you'll believe me and you'll make me a trainer. So she was very, very persistent about this one thing. Um, so i said okay fine one day i told her okay you take me for a ride um, and she did a decent job after which i said okay fine we'll we'll train you and uh, she joined in as one of the first trainers in mathura she mm-hmm. recently completed 400 trainings uh, but keeping that aside i remember early on there there were days when when she bought her first uh, mobile phone right her first smartphone uh, She had to hide it from her family. So after her work was over, she would have to keep her phone at my house or at the office, and then she would go home. Because she could not tell anybody in her family that she was earning enough to buy a smartphone. after a couple of months when she earned enough to buy a scooter, a scooty, uh, and when she did buy her first scooty, uh, I remember getting a call at 1 a.m. in the night from her and she's crying on the call and she's like her brother beat her up because um, he found out that she bought the scooty in her name instead of his name. and. Um, That was uh, the reason of a major fight in their house. And um, he he just uh, got drunk and beat her up. Um, And I I went to her place at 1 a.m. in the night and got her to my house. Um, And these were two incidents that happened very early on in her career when she started uh, off as a trainer. And I'll tell you some incidents that have happened in the last one year. She bought her own plot of land in her own name. She is marrying somebody of her choice now. So, uh, in a, so you think about it, that there was a time when she couldn't keep a smartphone, she couldn't buy an Activa yeah. in her name, and now she's marrying somebody of her choice, uh, going to a city where she wants, um, has a plot of land in her own name, um, and is also uh, making sure that uh, her nieces in her family are going to school. Uh, she's she's fighting to get a toilet built in their village home. Um, so apart from the fact that she has assets of her own, she's able to exercise her choices. She's also exercising uh, the fact that she can advocate for others. Uh, and this is yeah. a story that really moves me. And every time I, I feel... Uh, Demotivated, I remember that. Uh, um, so, Sheila, uh, so Sheila's life changed because of what we did because of two wheels, right? Um, and uh, the journey on two wheels for her was not again from point A to point B, but the journey on two wheels for her was from being a very timid, shy person, uh, who had completely um, given up or was subjected to the patriarchal norms in her family, in her society, to now being a very confident uh, person, able to exercise uh, her rights. Um, And I realized that, a, there, there is a different journey for every woman that we work with, right? So for some, it is mm-hmm. that the journey is about identity. For some, it's about freedom. For some, it's about independence. For some, it's about uh, getting a job. For some, it's about fulfilling their responsibilities or duties for their family. Uh, but everybody has a telling story, um, and very, very small incidents. That like I, this is this is a huge one, but I'll tell you some very small incidents that really keep sure. me going and it is when i'm driving right I, I remember just a couple of days back i was driving on a highway and i was driving alone and there was a auto that was that was right in front of my car um and there were these women uh in pallu's sitting um in the auto uh in a way that they were facing the car right so, so they were uh facing backwards and throughout uh-huh. that two three kilometer patch where in this auto was in front of my car these women kept looking at me and kept smiling as if they wanted to experience what i was experiencing they wanted to feel how it was like to have control of a wheel to have control of their life for once Um, and Throughout that entire patch, I kept thinking, how can, how can we take Aatnirbha to these women in rural areas who are still carrying this pallu, uh, who've never experienced any kind of freedom or independence? So w- what could be the most minimal form where, where we could take it to them? And uh, um, it, it's these small stories that really keep all of us uh, going in the team um uh, thankfully everybody who's working in in our team as managers or um as trainers all of them have had similar experiences every woman has had a similar experience when it comes to mobility whether you talk about a car or a bike or a scooter or you know whatever the vehicle but when a woman is behind is 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 in charge of a vehicle she feels like is she's in charge of her life and that is a very um a powerful feeling in itself in a patriarchal society.
1: Indeed, Bami. I mean, and, and the way you described it with example, it, it makes it so clear that mobility is not just about movement. It is, it is about identity. It is about freedom and so many things that you talked about uh, with some amazing examples. Um, on a more final note, where do you think this is headed? You know, how are you building this out? Uh, what are your ambitions and uh, i'm just trying to understand how do you having built you know taken this from idea to where it is and creating the impact that you are describing so, how do you build something that lasts
0: how do we build something that lasts is still something that we're trying to figure out um like every other startup we don't have it all figured out yet um uh, but what we do see it growing up into and becoming is uh, apart from the fact that we obviously want to train every woman who wants to learn, um, be accessible for every woman who wants to learn, whether she be from a village or whether she be from a tier one city or tier two city, whatever. So apart from creating a network of trainers, Pan India, um, there are two notions that we especially want to challenge. Um, one is of the permission culture that is in India, right? Um, 60% Mm -hmm. of women in India, even today, have to ask for permission for going to the market or for going to the hospital. Um, And that really hampers their mobility, right? Yes. Uh, The permission culture that we have in in our patriarchal um, society in India is something that we really want to change uh, and challenge um, over the next years, the next coming years, uh, as we continue to grow. Um, And the next thing that we want to challenge is uh, seeing an equal proportion of women on the road, right? Um, And what I mean when I say that is the gig economy is really growing. One of the Mm -hmm. only fastest growing sectors in in the last two years has been deliveries, uh, be it food delivery, online delivery. But how many women do you see on the road? Or how many times has a woman delivered your pizza from Zomato or your order from Amazon, right? Uh, I mean, the average is less than one. There are very, very few women working in the gig economy for deliveries. Uh, Even though the sector has been growing at a tremendous speed, there are so many startups, so many companies um, in this particular sector. And despite of that, um, and um, there are a lot of challenges, obviously, why there are so few women um, doing deliveries. Um, But we want to make this job more mainstream for women by challenging uh, and changing all the notions um, and the problems that they have to face on road. Um, and, um, yeah, this is where I'm hoping we can take Aatnirbha too. Where in every time you step out on the road, there is a one is to one ratio. You know, I, I always do the social experiment whenever I'm in a new city. Um, so I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll count passing by how many women passed and how many men passed. And you won't believe that the ratio is less than one is to 10. There's one woman for every 10 men on the roads. And then we're talking about equality. Right, like if they're not stepping out, they're not going anywhere. How are we talking about equality?
1: You are so right, Babni, and and I I I truly believe that uh, what you are doing is is important, and uh, it's not just important; it's so critical. And and first of all, like you rightly pointed out, there's so much of catching up to do before we start actually talking about it being uh, fair or unfair because. Uh, There is such a massive lost opportunity uh, which already exists and and that gap. Uh, Godspeed, uh, Pavni with what you're building and I wish uh, that you scale and you create the impact that you envision and uh, stay well and and, and all the best. Thank
0: you so much, Pankaj. It was great to have this conversation with you. Um, I always get very passionate when I'm talking about... uh, mobility and women and seeing women on roads um i have been a rider all my life I, I have done a lot of solo travel um so for me personally i know how life transforming mobility can be for a woman not just from a recreational perspective right um but for women who've, who who are from uh, um areas where there is no access to a very basic um uh, uh, things like be it education, healthcare, water, electricity. Think about all of those areas um, that are very, very remote. Um, and on top of everything, we have the infrastructural issues, whether there are no roads reaching there, or there are no lights, so even the roads are not safe. Um, there, there is no public transport reaching to all of these places. And as a result of all of this, these women have to continuously, consistently kill their aspirations. They have to park Mm -hmm. their aspirations. And I hope that no woman has to park her aspirations because of the lack of mobility, because she had to wait for somebody, because public transport was not available. And I hope that every woman with aspirations can take the keys of her life in her own hands. And uh, this is something that we want to achieve at Atmanirbhar and uh, continue advocating for.
1: No, and, and keep writing and keep giving the wings uh, like you said thank, thank you so much thank me. you